every time Mike it. tries to do the intro, he stutters massively, and it's adorable. You want to try? It. Yeah, let's do, I'm going to try it. All right, yeah. try it. All right. Well, I'll make fun of you. All right. I'm already panicking. <laughs> everything. Everybody looks I can at feel, him. I can feel your. I'm nervous. Now. Everything <laughs> just. Everything just rose. I can feel my face because getting hotter. <laughs> I'll cheer you on. Should we all stop it. looking at you or look at you harder? I'm just going to not look at any of you because <laughs> that, that's the problem. I look at you when I go to do it, and it's. What am I going to judge? If you look directly into my eyes. Yeah, Blade's eyes. He can't do it. That doesn't that doesn't help when you do that. By the way, I can't get it out of my head. I'm going to introduce you as Blade from now. This is my friend Blade Snipes. Mr. Snipes. You're not on that level. Be formal. Yeah. I want to introduce to y'all. We are here to introduce. I'm here to introduce. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comedy Connects. <laughs> let me let me give this a shot. I believe right. in you. This is Comedy Connects. I'm Mike Shampo. I'm Jenny Soldner. And with us today are Jeremy Reedy and Jim. Fuck. Why did I blink on this? <laughs> you get the pathetic microphone and your name forgotten. I literally have the no. Jim Barry. It's Jim Blade. Jim Blade. That's Jim why Blade you're consumed by the blade. <laughs> and Jeremy Jim Barry is Reedy. with us. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy Reedy, Reedy and Jim, Jim Blade. Blade. Wait. I, I looked. <laughs> we came sober. This my name time. is literally so simple. I know people that have only ever called me by my full name. Just Jim Barry. Jim Barry. I accidentally yeah. called him Jack one week. I felt like a piece of shit for that. Why? Did you? Um, there's a radio host. <laughs> there's a radio host in Wapaka. His name's Jack Barry. Oh. And that's fair. That's yeah. Per- perfect. And then reasonable. I slipped out. He's like, my name's Jim. I'm like, I fucking, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. How, how early was shit. this? Like, yeah, I'm like, you, you can drop kick me now. It's okay. Let's get this over with. <laughs> did, did you guys like, oh, was this early in knowing each other? Well, it was when, yeah, we, we knew each other well past that point. Oh, really? I was just, wow. I was just the host of Skyline and at the time. And, and I was just going over names and stuff. I'm like, and I just slipped Jack and he's like, it's not my name, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, exactly. honestly, now it's such a thing there to call people that you know well enough by the wrong name. That's you know? fair. I mean, we because yeah, it happens it all the time now. Oh yeah. My mom, I knew it wasn't. <laughs> my yeah, was like, no, my feelings were hurt. No, that's all that mattered. I cried on the way home. And uh, frankly, I'm uncomfortable being in the room with Jeremy at this I, moment. But we are here to reconcile. We are a room of love. <laughs> okay, cool. you're uncomfortable. We, I was just spoiled that you. We were want blatant. you to hug it out. Love, hugs, what? <laughs> You know, we we got to channel our inner Seinfeld. Uh, no hugging, no lessons. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <Okay>. Thanks. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I guess that was kind of an instruction. Sure. Anyway, how long have you guys been doing comedy? Uh... I've probably been doing it, I don't know, maybe three years at this point. Uh, two, and, uh, two and a half, maybe on the end of three. Um, COVID kind of complicates timelines. Yeah, I feel like we should cut out COVID. So you've been doing it one year. <laughs> no, without COVID, <laughs> I, maybe two-ish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was probably two and a half. With COVID, three-ish for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like COVID kind of gave you that free extension where you can say you've been doing it longer than you really have. Sure. Did you yeah. do anything during COVID? Did you like record your own no. face I, in the mirror? I recorded one episode of a podcast that no one should ever listen to. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we'll definitely plug that link. Perfect. And I, uh, <laughs> and I uh, 
did a lot of not writing for the most part. It was I was like so excited when it first happened. I was like, I'm gonna get so much writing done. I have all this free time, and then I did absolutely nothing. I had played an obscene amount of video games. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> COVID is actually what got him started. Yeah, that's what got me here. Uh, he to had this nothing point. to do. Yep. I was so bored during the first lockdown. I'm like, I'm gonna go. I went through every text message we ever sent to each other. Looked for every LOL, you know, LMAO, whatever I could find to search. Wrote it all down. Went through it all. Thought I had 20 minutes. Like <laughs> every rookie does. <laughs> I wasn't sure I had four. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. After I had my first conversation with Skyline, I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. This needs to be less. Yeah. And so I had the chance to not do that and reduce it before I ever went on stage. And it went decently. It was an okay set. <laughs> Yeah, um, the stage keeps you honest for sure. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> got 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 down to a reasonable four minutes, and yeah, now it's just trying to write as often as I can. The stage keeps you honest makes me want to ask, what's your worst bomb ever? Oh man, uh, I've never <laughs> bombed, so oh, yeah, hard to <laughs> go. That's really think about. Definitely a Gryffindor. <laughs> On today's episode of Ego, <laughs> yeah. as established pre pre show. Well, I I record every set, so uh, I'm very aware when I bomb. Um, but as far as worst, I can't say I truly remember. Oh, God, did you block I, it out? Is that traumatic? Um, delete the video. Probably. You try yeah. and forget. Yeah. It, Do you successfully I, forget? No. <laughs> no. Jeremy's got a yeah. story then. Oh God. <laughs> it was just this point out awful. I was I was in a basement at Stevens Point in college. Oh, that's very John Mulaney like. Yeah, and I was just <laughs> I was just like trying it for the first time because you know they have their college open mics or whatever. Mm -hmm. People are amusing stuff like, oh here's this guy gonna make you laugh. And I was like, oh man. I don't know how this is gonna go. That's a that's lot a of pressure. Hard, yeah. yeah. So then I, I had a joke. And I was just like, you guys know what rape is, right? Oh, dear. <laughs> and and they, were just, they were just looking at me, and then I just forgot what the next line was. <laughs> I, was I like, just yeah, got up here, forgot, just wanted to know. Like, I just wanted to inform you, this is bad stuff. It's, <laughs> it's real bad. <laughs> no one was laughing. I felt like that was almost a good recovery. I think I would have laughed at that. I think there was a Jay Cutler diabetes joke I made, too. Sure. Why? Because uh, I hated him, because he was fucking up my team. <laughs> what? That's, yeah. that's fair. As a fellow Bears fan, I... Yeah, I was like, someone give that man a candy bar stat. He was my favorite Packer for those eight years. Oh, yeah. He's okay. Packer, Packers MVP. Yeah. Twice a year, every year. I, it's shocking to me, Jeremy, that uh, rape, huh? Didn't go, <laughs> didn't go over well. No, so, so the joke... Crazy, you guys right? want to hear the actual joke? Because it was I kind do of like now. A, yeah, you need to like redeem. I, I edited out. Yeah, yeah. So the joke was like, I was messing around with my buddy in the hallway. And we were pushing each other, doing whatever, like just fucking around, right? And and a, a professor comes up to me and she goes, "You know, rape is any unwanted penetration through an orifice." I'm like, "Oh no, I gave my buddy a wet willy." <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't remember the wet willy part, yeah. so I was just like, "You guys know rape, right?" And then I was talking silence <laughs> for five minutes. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, like when you go up your first times, you're not you're not prepared for like all the nerves, right? No. Like you, no. like it, like you hits you, and you kind of get like you just your mind draws a blank, and you're like, oh wow, this is it, you know? Oh man, oh, he got into go. it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I can do. Producer Nate, everyone. Owner, this is gonna get complicated. <laughs> is that a single? 
I mean, I did just do a show at a strip club, so. Oh, how'd that go? Uh, it was a show at a strip club. Yeah. So we found it. <laughs> it was expect it? It was interesting. Yeah. Was it yeah. Bean snappers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah classic yeah, place. It's a good place. I feel, I feel like uh, that's something you shouldn't yeah. do with the bean. <laughs> Snapping, doesn't that hurt? Do you have a good turnout anyway? Uh, yeah, I mean, Caleb put that one on. Ciao, uh, Caleb Robinson. Yeah, um, Caleb. I love Caleb. And, uh, yeah, he, he brought he brought his whole crew and mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of his friends, so it was a solid. There was like twenty ish people there. Nice. So yeah. how they how they set that up in the club then? Uh, we just like they would do two strippers and then we would go. Really, and that seems like quite so the you're, breakup. You're following from... strippers? Yeah, as I said, uh, I've never opened for a boner before, but I was happy to do it. <laughs> it's a good open. It's yeah. a good open. It was a lot of all things considered. That's a good open. Thank you. Uh, it was, yeah, it, it wasn't. I, I was expecting it to be uh, terrible. No offense to Caleb, but uh, it sounded it's a unique like concept. a shit show, yeah. and it was, but it, but in a good way. Yeah, an yeah. enjoyable shit mm-hmm. show. Yeah, they did one down in Milwaukee where. It was the whole audience had to be nude. Oh, but the performer, what? yeah, you could only. It was a paid show. <laughs> only the audience had to be nude. You couldn't show up with clothes on. But the performers were clothed because they didn't want to get those licenses. You know, nude performances. Yeah, yeah. So Perform- all the performers yeah. were clothed, and the whole audience was nude. This was a couple months ago. Remember, I sent you the flyer yeah, about that's it. Terrifying. It was insane. This is all fun. I was looking at. I would have walked up like, wow. Got a really good imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I know it had to be a spoof on that idea, I right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, like just imagine yeah. everyone's in their underwear. I finally um, figured out this manifestation thing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's a lot more. Dep- I mean, it's depressing enough when I joke about my small penis, but it's going to be a lot more dep- depressing if they saw my small penis. Well, don't worry. You, as a performer, I don't have a small penis, by the way. It's very large. Because <laughs> in my experience, men who say yeah. they have a big penis always do. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for affirming that. <laughs> Anytime. I'm going no comment. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah. I'm not so if you won't say it, then what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you Are have, you going to run for office someday? Is that the problem? I, I don't know. I mean, I like to roll coal <laughs> throughout my neighborhood, so I think people know. <laughs> Right. I saw what you drove up in. You're not rolling for a <laughs> No, I'm not. Uh, I'm uh, saving the planet. Yeah. What was it? It was it's a, a, a Nissan Versa. That was, the, that was the big deal in uh, Heroes. They really? drove they drove a Versa. Okay. And they freaked out about it. Are Jeez. we really nerd referencing again? Heroes is I, a nerd show again, isn't it? I don't know. I never watched Heroes. I at least knew that show this time. It was a superhero show on, on TV a right. decade ago. I know the, the guy from Austin Powers that goes, it's going Godzilla is in Heroes. That's all I know about Heroes. I've never even seen Austin Powers. And and you can't cancel me for doing that accent because that's the accent he does in the movie. That's just you're just doing an impression. Is he white? No. Then we can still cancel you because. All right. Well, it's been nice knowing you all. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Barry, everybody. The beginning of my podcasting career and the end of my life. So there you go. That's not true. I. uh, did about 20 minutes on your uh, on yours and Jack's little uh, British thing. Oh, oh yeah, across <laughs> the pond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What spawned uh, that? Uh, me and Jack were at uh, uh, an open mic, and we were just um, 
for whatever reason, just uh, started doing obnoxious Cockney British accents uh, and just couldn't stop. And then it slowly spin snowballed from there until it became an hour-long bit that uh, nobody asked for. But, uh, but they sure got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. I, I mean, it I, I definitely clicked on the link, so. I gave it a little bit. I wanted to see what was going on. I had to wonder who those handful of people were. But well, I'm welcome. You there you go. <laughs> Full support. <laughs> Jack also, also got his physical competitions. That's true. Yeah, one's yeah. coming up the fastball, right? Because yep. yep. he was what two for ten on field goals, forty-yard well, field one, goals. One for well, ten. Well, the official scoreboard did say for two for ten, but upon further video review, I think one of them could be held into question. Uh, so it's more of like one in ten. <laughs> yep. uh, but now Jack believes he can do uh, throw an eighty-five mile an hour fastball, despite never playing baseball in his life uh, <laughs> and not even knowing how to throw a baseball. But yes. he is woefully unprepared for this and he has no idea what it takes to train a uh, shoulder cuff to be able to do this like yeah. you could <laughs> tell him this and it would I not, not go into his ears that man is determined <laughs> I, I, it would only strengthen his ego in case anyone listening is wondering this is Jack Hazley who yes. on the last podcast said that he didn't give a fuck what people had to say about his <laughs> comedy writing either so to show you how determined how determined Jack really is uh, to quote him from the field goal challenge as he was running by us. <gasps> I'm an athlete. <laughs> I mean, if he, I've never seen an athlete uh, breathe heavily after running 10 yards, so uh, I don't know. It's kind of called into question, but uh, you can watch out for that video soon. Uh, yes. Yay. Yes, we'll, we'll be working on that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So do you think, like, does he ever put that stuff into his bits? Like, does he do this for I comedic effect? I think it's its own separate bit. It's its own. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like an inside <laughs> thing. Yeah. He lives his life for comedy, whether people yeah. see it or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's admirable. Admirable. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't call it admirable, but <laughs> more like annoying and uh, terrible, and I wish he would stop. But, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an excuse to drink. It's true. Which, yeah. Every time Wisconsin I hear Jack's comedy, more... I feel a need to get black out drunk yeah because <laughs> yeah. yeah like jenny said that's what wisconsin, wisconsin needs. needs another excuse to drink mm -hmm. can you hand me another beer absolutely for, for, <laughs> I, was, I was heading up to skyline for the open mic uh in was appleton wisconsin <laughs> thank you jeremy <laughs> and and uh <laughs> they're He's out there with Mitch, and they're like, yo, man, you want to join our jumping competition? Yeah. <laughs> Jack, just, Jack and Mitch in a yeah, jumping they're, competition. They're just outside. Can you guess who won? <laughs> they're outside <laughs> jumping, just tagging the concrete, one of them's a judge on where they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> who was it that challenged Kyle Kubitz to run? Was that you? No. We I, ended up involved. Well, hold on, hold on. When you say challenge to run, I need you to elaborate on that because I did not challenge him to a race. <laughs> no, no, no. Someone just made him run. I'd put money on you for that one. <laughs> it might have but been. But he set his keys down I so he could run, mm -hmm. and then the whole night goes on, and then afterwards, he left his keys up there and got locked out. And we were so going we, home that night. We, yeah, we drive him home. He doesn't have his keys. Wait, wait, wait. So we you have to pick him up. We bring him somewhere else. <laughs> It was a whole... Wait, wait, wait. Kyle took his keys out of his pocket? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I like that he thought that was what was going to be holding him back. <laughs> <laughs> that little jingle in his pocket. Uh-huh. That'll do it. Yeah, it ended up being like an hour long. He had to get 
someone go ten feet. To, <laughs> no, to get back into Skyline to well, get yeah, his no, keys. So he had to put his keys down to run ten feet. Yeah. Oh, it was and a production. I don't know that I necessarily challenged him, but, but I might have. I might have suggested that he couldn't do it. You st- <laughs> That'd be a fair assumption. Maybe, maybe we should give people background as to why this is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> a fellow comedian that we uh, that frequents uh, the Skyline open, Mike and Appleton, um, he had a stroke uh, a number of years ago, and um, so the, the, he has some challenges there. And yeah, he, he he proved to us that he could run ten feet. He did run. Yeah. He, yeah. D- he did it, and I was you know he's he, you know more power to him. It's he sad he see he, on his feet. So he can jump higher than I can. That's embarrassing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love the athletic like attempts that all these comedians are making. Yeah. Well, we're just yeah. trying to make up for all the times we uh, were made fun of for our physical abilities and yeah and, by yeah, the athletes. So every now and then I meet like a physically gifted comedian and I just mm-hmm. I'm like fuck you. So <laughs> you, you can't have both. <laughs> Mike was an athlete. So. I was physically gifted at one point. Uh, yeah. I was as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. he says he got funnier when he got fat. So uh, yeah, I, I I've been working up to this my whole life. Yeah. My, my well, my whole adult life. No, I uh, I was uh, I was a fullback and a linebacker in high school. I played baseball for a couple of years. Um, then I, I I went to college at a reasonable weight and freshman year put on about sixty pounds. Nice. Yeah. Started pointing and laughing, yeah, and the rest yeah. is history. Yep. <laughs> yep. And here we I, are now. I, have a, I actually I was a varsity athlete too. I played basketball at varsity and. I uh, went to college and would just like, you know, pick up games and stuff. I had two knee surgeries. From Tor- college? From one in high school, one in college. I oh, blew out my man. ACL twice. Wow. Meniscus Same. twice, too. Same, Same knee. knee. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't jump. Yeah, I just gave up. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just gave up. Yeah. People are like, don't you? I was like, oh, brr, nishta, mama guishta, or whatever. And Did you do any athletic anything? Yeah, I, I was. No. I ran cross country for like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, you look like a cross country runner. I don't know what, how to take that. <laughs> <laughs> a skinny white man? Yeah, yeah that's look, fair. You're, you're I, I have dog. no, I'm not, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm fit compared to Jeremy, but. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, there's a lot of people fit compared to Jeremy. <laughs> I uh, I don't have um, speed or dexterity, but I will punish myself. Yeah, oh, I have right. a lot of endurance. That's I will important. go for a long time. Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't very fast, but you know, I could outlast people. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. That's half the battle. I don't need to be the funniest, but I will still be here. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. never did anything. Like I have no athletic. I was a theater nerd. I actually think the only reason I was in shape is because I like sports. Like I just like playing games. I sure. loved I, I yeah. loved football. It, sports it was made everything. me sad. Yeah. So when Doc was like, no more sports that involve cutting, I'm like, well, why even try? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I, I like sports a lot now. Um, when I was in high school, I didn't. I think I had like a because I was bad at all of them. I, I was like kind of a late bloomer, so like I didn't find like hand coordination until like I was like 18. Uh, but then it was too late. Uh, so like I just ran cross country. I was like, sports are stupid. They're for idiots. But now that like, I always play sports made for fun, fun and I'm the, like, it's yeah, fun. It's we always time. made fun of the run for fun crowd. Oh, like. I ran because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> we never took that into account. Maybe I would have joined. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wish I would have been more interested in running because maybe that 60 pounds when it happened. But yeah. basically, nobody ever told me to stop eating the way I was when I was done playing football. Yeah, that's so the problem. I, I learned for eight years to calorie load to 
you know, be able to work out, lift weights, go to football practice, you know, like, you know, thousands and thousands of calories a day to go and burn off every day. And then all of a sudden practice wasn't around anymore. Yep. I'm still eating 4,000 calories a day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I and mean, then drinking 2,000 at night. I think a lot of athletes deal with that, too, because, like, you can't just turn it off, right? Because no. you've been doing it for, like, years. You have no idea how to eat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we would have pasta nights before all our races where we would just eat pasta, con like, as much pasta as I could physically yeah. put in my Cause body. Because you, your body needed it. Yeah, and then yeah. it would make me run faster, and now it's the reason I can't run. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah. irony. We're dealing irony. with that. Now I just try and roll places. <laughs> <laughs> you gained some like, speed, though. I, I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah. him go. I am definitely quicker than I appear. Yeah. Yeah, he's I'll, always so proud and gloats over his 14-year-old daughter. Oh, I, I mean, I, if you don't win, that's that's going to be a rough day for you. I told you I'm not fast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, long legs, but they don't go very quick. But, yeah, I, I'll, I'll race my, my very healthy, athletic 14-year-old daughter, and she can't she can't do shit about it. She she's It's so bad. The last time they raced, she tripped in a hole in the sand, <laughs> fell. <laughs> Everyone else wanted to make sure she was okay, and Mike just kept going. Uh, Fuck y'all. I'm winning this race. Got my hands in the She's air. She's laying splayed out on the As ground. you should. Talking mad shit. Hey, she should yeah. learn from her mistakes. Absolutely. I mean, that, she learned a valuable lesson that day. And it's Don't like, trip. You gotta go Don't to choke. the end. <laughs> you limp For more parenting floor. advice from Jeremy. <laughs> and this was this was the second time that she actually agreed to race me because two years before that we went to uh, the Title Town District here, uh, here in Green Bay, um, which is next to Lambeau Field, and they have a 40-yard dash set up with automatic timers. And we ran that thing probably 10, 12 times, beat her ass every time, and made sure she knew it. Um, <laughs> and now um, she's crippled or? Well, no, she's... She's going to grow up to be a comedian because she's going to be so psychologically oh, absolutely. damaged. Absolutely. She's very funny. I got a uh, child support story for you. Well, let, well, let, let, yeah, let me wrap this one up quick. Um, but I'm, but the, the problem is that we both wore flip-flops there that day. <laughs> so not only am I running when I haven't done any kind of stretching or training, in years, but I'm doing it barefoot. I couldn't walk for four days. I'd That's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> it's not an exaggeration. Yeah. I was in so much yeah. excruciating pain. Yeah. And I still celebrated every time I saw her, just a single fist in the air, like I did it. At what cost? Uh, <laughs> all the costs. Meanwhile, her young athletic body spry and went to dance practice the next day. Yeah. So, so I was playing soccer with my grandfather and my dad in the yard, and I was playing goalie. And well, we just have a huge competitive streak in my family. And they, my grandpa and my dad just started going at it, like shoving each other and stuff. Mm -hmm. My grandpa does a move on my dad. I was like, oh, G-Paw's got some moves. And then he just punted the soccer ball right in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as it made contact, blood everywhere. Just instant, just like constant. And then like I was like, ah. And then everyone froze. It went over to my mom, and she cleaned me up. And I was like, can I go back out and play? And she's like, what is wrong? with the men in our family. <laughs> that's that's that, that's Jenny's general approach to sports. What, my general approach to life is what is wrong with men, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> I think we're just lunatics. Uh, I yes. mean, like, when, even when I was, like, I was always still, I'm very competitive still, uh, but uh, in, uh, like, I, I was known when I ran for being a big puker. Um, still a big puker, but now it's for different reasons. Um, and 
but like, oh, that's how you're so skinny. <laughs> no, I'm just a binge drinker. Uh, but I would, went in, like, in the end of a race, we do 5Ks mostly, and like, there's like 100 yards or so where you're just sprinting, you're giving everything you have le left. And I would I, almost, uh, most times, I would be sprinting and mid sprint start throwing up. Wow. Uh, but I wouldn't break stride. But I always like to imagine, how, and what would fuel me going forward was knowing how demoralizing it must be for the people I'm passing, that they're getting passed by somebody, and a little fleck of puke is hitting them on the face. Or just puke on them, slow them down. Yeah, yeah. or even if, it doesn't hit, even if it doesn't hit them, this they're like, wow, this guy's struggling, and he's still beating me. This was a strategy move at this point. Yeah, it was, it was psychological it's you, warfare. Yeah, it's how you get yeah, in their heads. I think the kids call that a flex. Uh -huh. A flex. Yeah. flex. Jimmy's the kids nowadays. We're just flexing my stomach. But, uh, yeah. I mean, crazy. Cramping, like whatever. You know? <laughs> uh, at some point, this was a comedy podcast. Yeah. I don't know where that went. Now we're just talking about sports. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! So today on ESPN, I saw. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so all right. So comedy. So comedy. Yeah, yeah. So comedy. Yeah. All right. How do you get? How long does it take you to write a joke? Do you have like a structure of? That really, I, I think it depends. I, I find that, like, the more that I write about stuff I know about, the easier it is. They just write what you know. It sounds mm -hmm. cliche, but it works. Like, I just write about stuff that happens to me. Like, I had a bit the other day where I was talking about I got in a fight with an old lady at Quick Trip. That shit actually happened. <laughs> yeah. I was like, get your scratch-offs and your ass out of the way so I can check out, like... <laughs> She's just sitting there dawdling, just winning tickets, wouldn't get out of the way, holding up the whole line. She's like, oh, I want another one. Give me another one. Scratch it off. It's like, get the fuck out of the line. <laughs> you take your tickets, you go over to the counter that they have set up away from the registers. Yes. You scratch them off, you bring them back. That's yeah. like you know? the best comedy, though, because we've all been behind that person. Oh, it's God. so relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, pack of cigs, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a 10 spot now. All right. I can kill myself. Um, I mean, I would say I probably am. Uh, my goal is to be working on like a new bit like every week or so. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it doesn't always happen, but I mean, I try to write at least an hour a day. Um, and I work from home, so that makes it a little easier. I, you know, I do it on my lunch break or whatnot. Or sure, you do. a small moment during the day. But uh, um, yeah, and then I don't know. I usually just kind of write freeform and then, you know, pick out the pieces mm -hmm. from there. Um, what does freeform look like come, to you? Uh, I just sit at my computer and I throw on headphones and I just write whatever is on my head okay. or in my head uh, and then uh, just sort through it later. Or I, you know, if I can't think of anything, I'll like uh, look at the news, see if there's anything there. Or I have like notes that I write for myself, little thoughts that come to me in the day and then I try to expand on them. Yep. Yeah, which is good because you don't want to forget about it because mm -hmm. that sucks. When you first start and you're yeah. not like used to writing, you're not mm -hmm. in habit, mm -hmm. you'd be like, oh my God, what was that? Yes. Yeah. We'll be out at night, and all of a sudden, I'll just turn my back to everybody that we're with, and I'll grab my phone, and I'll yeah. <laughs> quickly put it into my phone. We'll be out with friends, and something will happen, and everyone will ask, is that going, to, is that going in your set? Is that going to be a bit? <laughs> Which is <laughs> all the, the time. The worst question ever. Question. No. Yeah. Like, this is this will never be as funny as you think right. it is. Or mm -hmm. when you get the, you get, hey, I got an idea for you. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to we're gonna call out to Mike Sewell here, um, yeah, a friend of mine, a friend ours. of ours, yeah who is a very large black man and he gives Mike so many jokes that as a white man <laughs> you 
you cannot ever say. And every time we talk to him, he's pushing. Why can't Have you? you said, Why not? You should, yeah. Because people will annihilate you. Exactly. Like, these things don't work. It'd be different if I didn't have, like, other aspirations. Like, if I didn't actually ever want to do anything with this, if I didn't want to try and book shows and produce shows and stuff, maybe I'd give it a shot one night. But I actually like doing this. Yeah. So I'd like to do it we for a while. We don't want that cancel culture. If I ever get to that point where I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing all of my mic jokes, which sounds <laughs> weird because I'm, it's my own. Because your mic, yeah. a different mic. Yeah. yeah. There's just, yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, because to him, he's like, oh, that'd be, that'd be hilarious. I'm like, then you should tell it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, then you, he's you not wrong. They you would be funny, but coming out of a black man's mouth, they would yeah. be hilarious. Coming out of a white man's mouth, that's yeah. just terrifying. Well, I'm a firm believer that no white man should be funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just in today's climate, it, I just think it's not right. It's and not it, safe. It shouldn't be allowed. We still have everything else going for us. Why right. do we have to have yeah, this, too? I, I mean, I'm just we're crushing it. So I'm, I'm not white. I'm fat. I'm, there's, <laughs> you can I'm be starting my own race. <laughs> I'm just fat. Yeah. All of the rich people have been fat, like, yeah. forever. So... I'm going to call it the uh, the bouncers. I don't Fat know. is its own level of privilege. Mm, yeah. <laughs> me, give me means nobody's ever going to ask you why you're having that third slice of pizza. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I you, just, you've made it in life. I just like food more than the rest of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. I'll let you have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Right before this, I, I, I've been 30 minutes. I made this Alfredo chicken broccoli casserole, mm. popped it out of the oven, quick, rah, 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 put it all down, and drove my ass over here to have a few beers on top of it. So when I, you guys get thrown up on, but he's still pushing through the podcast. That's why. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm not going to run. Psychological warfare. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone were to give you an idea could you write a joke within 10 minutes yeah. uh i mean that's kind of what we do at the attic on mondays mm -hmm. the attic in menasha wisconsin <laughs> um and uh that's kind of what we do but like i don't know those are uh those are jokes that most likely will never hear the light of day outside of the attic right um but it's still worth the exercise. It, yeah, it, right. it's, it's a it nice mental exercise for sure. And it's fun. It's fun to do. It's kind of like, it, it's fun just to write straight up jokes versus trying to like write a bit, I guess. Um, right. Because I mean, I would say my jokes are, my material is more like straight up jokes. Um, but like, it's still about me. Right. Like level. you try and pull it out of like an aspect of your life that you can relate yeah. to about the same subject. And then you can tie it in. Yeah. Have oh. you ever tried to write a joke about something that you don't know anything about? Sure. Yeah. yeah that's what we do. That is what yeah. we do essentially on Mondays. I just, I just channel my inner Rodney Dangerfield. Well, I don't know. I saw that the writing challenge for Monday was you, strip clubs. Right. And you seem to have yeah. a lot of experience now. <laughs> 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 Sounds like a big strip club guy. Yeah. yeah. Your name will be plastered all over in the flash, flashing neon lights. I am lights. the bean snapper. He's featuring <laughs> very. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Do you did you ever just like I, I know you said you mostly pull from personal experience to try and write things, but do you so, ever deliberately write? Sometimes if there's like a topic I want to talk about, I'll just like you learn a lot when you want to joke about something because you gotta like know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just like I want to talk about this, so I'll just like spend all day just learning about it. So then, becoming a comedian is more educational to you than any time in the public educational system. Yeah, it is. You got to be like, how do I fit a dick in here? Hear that, kids? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hear that, kids? Drop out of school. Yeah. This is the way to do it. I'm definitely more... Uh, 
purposeful when I'm looking at things now. Um, <laughs> like it's where, what angle can I take this to? Yeah, the angle of the dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's. <laughs> yeah, but it makes you- me hard. Yeah. I, I, I find though that the more I actually like force myself to write, like even though if I might, because I mean now that I'm kind of in a good flow. You know, I, I, there's ebbs and flows with it always. Like, sometimes I'll be like, I won't be writing all week long. But, like, lately I've been in a good zone where I'm writing almost every day. Uh, and, like, ideas come faster. Mm-hmm. Like, the more I write, even though if I'm not coming with a bit that day, like, it's strengthening that writing muscle. So, like, now ideas just come to me uh, faster. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think it's a helpful strategy. Yeah, I'm finding something similar. Um, I joined a Facebook group that does a daily writing prompt. Okay. And I've been doing those more often than not at all. Um, and it definitely helps because I just, I, I'm getting better at just grabbing that word and running with it. And it's essentially, it turns into, I basically build a web it's I see this word and then I think this and then I think that and I just see like how how far can I take this before I find something that I think will be funny yeah and it'll it'll be it'll be a word and then it'll be maybe a couple of words then an idea then a a, uh, wouldn't wouldn't it be funny if this happened because of this word and another good one is emotion if you uh how does this make you feel yeah what you feel angry sad yep angry sad what was interesting exciting today so wait what what does the emotion do so if it makes you feel angry what do you do with it from there so to write like, a joke? So, like, you know how, like, everyday people, they react in just, like, ways a normal person would react, right? Yep. Someone's angry about something. Um, you know, like, fucking old people. Like, <laughs> you, you make them feel it, like, how upset you are or how angry you are with it. So, and you make them, f- you want to make them relate to how you're feeling because they've also felt that way in that situation. Right. So, so laugh instead of hit someone with a twisted T. Yeah. Cause everyone's been there. Like, 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 like when you see a person, you're like, why can I see your driving speed? And <laughs> like, like, why? Like, cause everyone's had that road rage everyone's had. So like immediately, like, that's like an example of like how people relate it to everyday life. So it's like, Sometimes it's like, what makes me angry that also makes other people angry? And how mm-hmm. can I just, like, make people laugh about it then? Well, I know, and I, uh, not to get too, like, philosophical about it, but, right. like, uh, like, laughter in of itself is, like, an emotional-ish response. Like, you don't have to think about an emotion. When you get angry about something, it just happens, and so does what you don't have to think about why you laugh at something. You just laugh at something. Yeah, laughing's a reaction more than an emotion. So if you can tap into, like, what made you, f- why you felt that way, and then form it into words, then you're much more likely to kind of get that response from somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually spoken into word, uh, an issue that Jenny and I have about one of my jokes. Yeah. I, I tell a joke about uh, catalytic converters. Oh, God. And she's just like, they're just laughing because it's so prevalent. It's yeah. in everybody's mind. As soon as they hear the words, they're already thinking it's funny. That's well, just it. Yeah. He told me about this joke a couple of months ago, and right away I was like, that is not funny. It's not funny at all. And finally he's you're, like, you're, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So he gets up there. He doesn't even tell the joke yet. He just says the word catalytic converters, and they're laughing. And I'm like, it's not. It's still not funny, though. <laughs> it's re- it was a reaction to a relatable, prevalent 
thing. I, I don't know what catalytic converters are. I don't Star either. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Star Wars. That's just it. it. It's Star Wars. Yeah, I feel, like no. I, feel, I feel like it's either something that's in a car or it's in it's a It's in a car. No one knows what a catalytic converter okay. is, but people are stealing them and selling them, and it's, it became oh, a big, prominent problem that everyone kept hearing are about. Are they in shitty cars and from 2011? And it's a funny, probably no, they're in not. every car. Oh, everyone? Oh. They're in every car because they're, they're part of the emission reduction process. No. But yeah, and just and the word catalytic. Valuable. I see. It's just a funny word, catalytic converter. It's still not a good that's, joke. I, I mean, think it's a horrible joke, but he, they laughed, so now he keeps doing it. Though, this feels right? so I mean, good. that's true. There, there <laughs> yeah. are sometimes jokes that like will do well, and then that's kind of like the more you do them and you do them in front of like sh in show crowds, that's when you start to really find out. Because like I've had jokes where I thought were funny, but I was like, oh no, it's just kind of like a funny subject necessarily, right. or like I said a funny word, and that's what's getting the reaction. It's yeah. Like, right. Like uh, like there's this there's um I overheard friends talking about so and so's cheating on Joni or whatever, right? And like, well, so say if she Fuck did this, judgy. and she was just thrashing another man. <laughs> it was the thrashing <laughs> that got everyone laughing. Like right. a unique. How does yeah. it work? Oh, that sounds like an abuse situation. It's right. Like, I've never heard thrashing, thrashing to be sexual. And the yeah. When I, I, but that's why it's so funny because like it's not a word you would normally hear in that situation. Sure. Yeah. Which is why people get the reaction. Which I would. But like, doesn't that ever drive you insane? Because haven't you ever like written such a creative, intelligent joke and nothing? Yeah. Like, he has a joke yeah. that it, I love, and I keep telling him, just try to rework it. Keep putting it back in there. The Sonic Coins joke never gets a laugh. Yeah. And to me, it's such a creative joke, well, you, but the audience is dumb. Usually, you have to dumb it down. <laughs> yeah. These goddamn idiots. <laughs> so, so that's, yeah, every time I bomb, that's why, I, every time I bomb him, it's like, these people are just so dumb. <laughs> yeah. We'll always make it's it the crowd's me. fault. It's them. Always. <laughs> I have a joke that I personally like doing, because, like, I haven't had sex in seven years, so, like... Thank you. That was an applause moment, Jim. Oh, I, I thought it was a choice. But thank you. Yeah, no, but like, I'm on stage and I say like, uh, like, <laughs> so, so uh, I say something like, uh, yeah, if I go another year, Mayans can officially sacrifice me again. And it's a whole, it's a whole becoming a virgin again reference mm -hmm. because they used to sacrifice virgins in history. So, but Is like, this a thing though? Seven years and you're a virgin mm -hmm. again? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I made it up. It's, oh, it's yeah. all for the. And joke. I'm over here buying yeah. it. Uh, but, the, but the joke is like, it's been so long that I'm gonna reconvert. You know, right. like <laughs> a born again virgin, if you will. <laughs> and and uh, that's the whole thing. But like sometimes when people don't laugh, I'm like, that's a Mayan historical joke for all you dummies. Like I'll address how dumb they are. <laughs> Maybe say Aztec. Aztec. Did Mayans actually sacrifice people? I thought it was the Aztecs. At this point, you think the audience that's is why that dumb? Working. People is, are like, well, this, this oh, guy doesn't know what The audience is too... <laughs> he's Googling it. The audience is smarter than Jeremy. I have a useless Jeremy. history degree uh, that, uh, that <laughs> ne almost never comes in handy. But, well, uh, well this would be you may have just saved his podcast. career. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're welcome. Uh, uh, let's see. Virgin sacrifice. They say to write about what you know. This but, is uh, going to flag anything. I, I have been struggling to write a good joke about the walls of Constantinople, but you'd be surprised at how hard that is. I feel like there's got to be some good history jokes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing that's not funny about the Theodosian walls. I don't even know what you're saying at this point. So Good shit. Uh, <laughs> but catalytic uh, converters. 
They both had sacrifices. All right. All so right. mine sacrificed boys, not girls. Oh. So mine's more accurate. Wow. Wow. Because I am, in fact, a boy. So <laughs> a man, Sir, for, a for man. the sake of the podcast, I'm a grown-ass boy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sit there. I'm like, let's play some games. <laughs> I have a fun uncle. You should have seen how excited we got when we mentioned Nate's tabletop setup behind us here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's like, tabletop, what? <laughs> Magic the Gathering? I'm, I'm here on the wrong night. <laughs> yeah, Magic the Gathering. I play video games. I still live with my mom. I've got all the ingredients to become a virgin again. <laughs> uh, all, you, all you need is a big metal pot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. This is and not my, my... And my... I need my innocence back. <laughs> That's what I'm working on right now. It's like it's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> you, you check off a few more boxes, and you can basically Benjamin Button this shit, and you can go back to being like 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this conversation's getting weirder. <laughs> That's good. But yeah, well, if you go back to being 12 years old, then I hope you stay a virgin. <laughs> yeah. So writing jokes. Uh-huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, oh, so writing... This Are, cool. Do you think there's anything that's off-limits? Like, can you make a pedophilia joke? Can you make a yeah, rape joke? And sure. Well, you already... You made a good I, one. Well, see, see, like, that's the thing, right? Is like, that joke's not really about rape it's about the misinterpretation of the definition right so like it's i think it's all about how you do it i mean you got to yeah. be creative with it like people have to understand where you're coming from and it has to be funnier than it is offensive mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. because I, there, I, I think this is a trap a lot of people fall into where they don't want to write jokes just like everybody like the same kind of jokes that everyone else is writing they don't want to tell a tinder joke mm -hmm. or whatever uh and so they go dark for the sake of being dark and then they get mad that nobody likes it but but the, they think it's just because their people are uh think they're being too edgy but they're just not being funny right it's just, it's just pure shock factor yeah because like, i love word vomit yeah i love edgy jokes i love yeah. dirty material it's the yeah. it's great but yeah think, it has to be funny do you think there's any subject that is just tapped out like there's just no more there like for me with women it's period jokes with men it's porn jokes like there's sure. only so many it's just the same stuff over See, and over again i used to think that until like somebody got me laughing at a porn joke the other mm -hmm. day because it was at a different angle. Like I did. Who was who was that comedian I, that made the porn joke? I believe I it was Alex uh, Morris. No, Brooke Whitehead is well, who Brooke she's talking Whitehead. about. Whitehead. Yeah, yeah funny. but he Alex had Morris got me laughing really good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a it's a take I hadn't heard before, so I don't really. I don't think, think there, I've heard this one then. It, there's not. I don't think there's any subject that's necessarily tapped yeah. out. There's definitely subjects that are overdone, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean somebody can't bring you, some. A you fresh just take can't to make it hacky. Like you can't. Yeah, do something like you've heard before from some. Like you gotta approach it with your own honest perspective on it. Right. Yeah. Like you, how do you, like so whenever you approach a subject, you could be like, how do I make this more like me? Like that should be what your challenge is. Yeah. Which is why I think some of like I, I love news headlines. I love twisting news headlines, but they're really never about me. But the ones that seem to work the best. I make them about me. Mm -hmm. Like, shut the fuck up, mom. I need this. Yeah, like, you. He actually had one joke where you didn't use your name in it, and then when you change it to your name, it worked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because if you're talking about a personal experience, nobody can really make fun of you for talking about something that happened to you. Oh, I will. But it's so weird if you talk <laughs> about somebody else, though. Mm -hmm. um, right. It's funny how you get a different reaction. 
because it's like you're picking on them or something. Mm. But like the, at the same time, it's like who you're picking on too, right? It's some mm-hmm. guys being a dick the whole night, yeah. and you pick on them, people start laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's yeah. You can tweak a joke just like that, like add in now, like you add your name, and then it's suddenly a different joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I was listening to uh, an interview with Louis C.K. a while back. And Who we would, don't condone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, tell me about it. Um, yeah, it was, it was weird that he was jerking off during it. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, like the, the joke was like he was really mad at somebody and he started like yelling at this person in, in, a, in a grocery store and he was telling it and he thought it was a good story but it was bombing and then he changed it to where he was wa- he witnessed somebody doing this and then it started doing great right. it's on one of his specials I can't remember right. what the joke is it's exactly. all about how the audience is reacting to you right because mm-hmm. in that story he's the asshole but he's the guy you're looking at so you don't right. want you don't want to support right. him being the jerk but now we're laughing at somebody else yeah and going to that third person perspective on it yeah that can be very relatable because mm-hmm. everybody's seen a situation like sure. you can't look away. It's a train wreck. I can't believe this is happening in front of me. And you can pull people in that way. Right. And I'm, I, I, I assume that's basically what he did. Yeah. He's just like he's just like, you know, he, he's he's hyping up the next moment because he's excited for the next moment in the joke. So it pulls you along for the next punch tag, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And now we can all come together and laugh at that asshole and yeah. all feel good about ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then you know finish with like, but that person still deserved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Again, not to get too philosophical, but uh, uh, it's a Socrates, Socrates said that um, this is the gayest thing I've ever said. He paid um, for <laughs> he paid for this degree. He's like, I'm going to yeah, use it. I did. I did. Damn. Uh, that uh, that laughter is a sudden feeling of superiority. So like when you laugh, Ooh. if you're laughing at a joke, you it's because one, you either figured it out and you feel good about yourself or like you're laughing at the dummy or something like that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you know, what the fuck does he know? But um, I can, I, I'm picturing people that I've seen laugh at something that they didn't know what was going on, but they just thought they were supposed to laugh now. Sure. You know, like I don't want to be left out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to know I'm right. stupid. They want to be, in, you want to <laughs> be, be in on the joke. Yeah. I love inside yeah. jokes. I'd love to be part of one someday. Michael Scott. Exactly. Michael Scott. In, inside jokes are fun. <laughs> <laughs> like we just we just have one in my friend group right now. Like we'll just all be in the Discord. And just one of my buddies. Like we do this thing where we point out, oh my god, I'm in the movie. And it'll be like me. I'll be like, we'll be watching Indiana Jones. I'm like, oh my god, I'm in the movie. And I'm like pointing to the boulder. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's just a huge meme where like we'll be watching a movie. We'll just like, and then like one of our buddies, he was like, dude, that's totally you in the movie. And instead of like, it was like a fat joke, but instead of like, uh, you know, like I, like the always say yes kind of thing, he just kind of rolled with it. He was like, just like, oink. <laughs> and like, <laughs> he just accepted. Oh. Hey, we know. run into that issue i feel like on this podcast with inside jokes where we want to have these jokes like things that are going on locally or whatever and then it's like oh shoot now we have to explain it and then it's just it's ours back off listeners Mm -hmm. these are ours not a local this is this is not a local podcast but it's for it's for us it's worldwide (laughs) so shout out to oklahoma (laughs) i love oklahoma i don't know if i've said that before i got stuck in oklahoma for two weeks and i do not love oklahoma (laughs) 
I do not condone her phrasing. No, yeah. but he condones Louis C.K. No so comment. You um, <laughs> piece it students. together. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so like now, like with the inside jokes, like the oink thing is like an inside joke. It so evolves. Like, whenever we do something fat, now we're oinking. Like <laughs> I'm picturing you in Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, I just, I just, just there every grab with like oink. a platter full of T-bell. Like I'm about to give my oink on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like an inside joke and then like everyone and then like we get like a random person at our party like what's this mean and like you know you're not part of it you're not part of it. <laughs> and not it's just you. this fun spirit that makes other people feel bad and hate themselves yeah. well like, until they have an oink <laughs> moment and then it's we do it making the right people it. feel bad oh, about themselves so it's like initiation it's initiation the yeah initiation gotcha the all right <laughs> do you ever take your inside jokes and turn them into bits I mean, I, I guess, I, guess uh, I mean, me and Jack doing the British podcast was is probably the closest thing I can imagine to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that's not a reference that only we can understand. Uh, right. I think any lover of England would love that podcast mm-hmm. because I think it really did embody English culture. <laughs> uh, I mean, they did their own the language. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, that was clearly well researched. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> I think you should make it a series. See how many different races and we've thought about doing different other accents. On. We'll think and, about it. You know, because Jack, he's he's racially like ambiguous, so you can get away with a lot. As am I, and I think that really <laughs> helps. <laughs> you are very blank slate. I mean, you might be Scottish. Irish, Scandinavian. Who could say? No, uh, who knows? He's like a racial chameleon. Yes. <laughs> the red amount of sun will get this figured out. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> See, sparkle, you're going to have to blade yourself. Wait, does blade sparkle? What? Yeah, I mean, if I, uh, if I get too much. Oh, I was going to say, I get the Twilight joke. Yeah, I got no, all it's, excited. That's a vampire yeah. reference. I got all yeah. excited for that because I'm a basic bitch. I got all sure. excited for the Twilight. Did you say sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no comment. <laughs> I, uh, well, I, if I do get enough sun, I could turn into the Washington football team. <laughs> so you're, oh you're a commander now, huh? All right. Oh yeah, good save. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh so oh yeah, I th- I think why inside jokes are so hard to bring on stage is because the whole point of an inside joke is all the information you have with, and rapport you have with your friends or your buddies, you know. Right. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff you don't need to say. Too much backstory. No and there's so much nonverbal communication of them right. personally yeah. knowing you that like that. That's what makes it so funny. Whereas, like, if you just say that on stage, like, there's nobody has that. And what are you going to do? Make, like, an hour premise explaining your whole history? I kind of want you to get on stage now and just act out the inside joke with the audience as if they know everything and see how many people, like, laugh for superiority because they just want to play along. Crickets. I mean, I think that's why telling stories is, is, like, that's something I'm terrible at. I'm trying to do more of it. It's a special skill. But, yeah, because, one, I am terrible afraid of silence um, so like I that's why I only really tell jokes is like so I'm not getting a laugh at least every like 20 to 30 seconds I'm dying inside mm-hmm. uh, but yeah like I think it's an easy trap to fall into with telling stories is because you the reason you can tell a story to one of your friends and it does great and you're getting laughs the whole time because they know you mm-hmm. like right. so you can be like yeah you know I walked into the grocery store and you know how that makes me feel and they do they do but nobody else knows that because you're right. a stranger to them so like if you were on the flip side try and write about that 
you would have to find a way to word it like i hate grocery stores yeah you've got to like really lay into how much you hate them and why you hate them yeah you gotta set the stage you gotta so but then you've got to do like when you do storytelling you've got to sprinkle things in so it's like i hate grocery stores because and then give some absurd thing that happened to you of why you hate grocery stores that gets a laugh and then keep going sometimes what i'll do is i'll combine stories that are similar into one story Mm -hmm. sure so like if i've got like my call center bits that I do and something new happens I'll try and fit that in to when I do my call center bits and then sometimes I'll throw it in the same call or whatever depending upon what it is yeah yeah because comedy does not have to be true Um, right in and fact, like that's why a lot of people get in trouble because they always think it's true. Is it not? It's not true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I made that mistake. I won't go yeah. into specifics, but there was a comedian uh, that they said something on stage, and after I thought, you know, I'll approach them and chat about it, and they're like, "Yeah, that's not." Yeah. No, I'm like, ah, shoot. Well, I now thought, I just feel foolish. I just like I logically, I know that, but it's still they delivered it so well. I bought it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which and that means they did a good job. Yeah, so. they definitely yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think. M- all of my jokes have a piece of truth in them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they're white, they're like white, white lies. Right. Right. White lies, for sure. And they're not necessarily my truth. Like, I can be telling somebody else's truth. I can be telling, sure. you know, out there. And it, it, it doesn't matter, but there has to be something about it, which is why I like news headlines. Because the truth is already built in. And then it's whatever the fuck I want to do with it after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can make that as wild as I want to, which is my right now my favorite thing to do i need to work on my i I need to work on just being better at straight writing and just working on building things out and you know storytelling would be great but i don't know if i'm gonna get there so it's also hard to work out a story at an at a open mic we're getting four minutes what i focus on is like memory keywords too Mm -hmm. like instead of writing something word for word i actually try not to write it word for word because i feel like when you write it word for word it feels robotic Mm -hmm. for some people People. And so, like, while well, I'll write write down keywords, so if I do a joke about a call center, I'll be like "gremlin lady." Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, that's right. all there is. But then there's also, if it's not like a good joke and you don't keep up with it and stuff, that could also backtrack your memory. Because like, I had I had a, a audience member. She's like, "Let me see your book," and I'm like, oh, "I don't know. This is like my diary." You know? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like flipping through it, and we were at the attic. She's like flipping through it, and she's like. Poltergeist goats. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, what? What's like? What do you got on this? I'm like, I remember. That's yeah. that's where I, I have to get as much of the idea down as I can, right. or at well, least record the sets or something well, so that you can go back. Two, like I write out like the punchline, mm-hmm. or like when I get the punchline I want, I, I'll write that down word for word, right? Because sure. the punchline is really like the setup and the punchline are important, like. Because that makes the whole joke, right? So <laughs> you like, just described a joke. Good job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, great. I'm doing so good. <laughs> Yay. I'm a natural at this. Please have me back. I know what I'm talking about. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, that's what's neat is like, you can find different ways to manipulate premises and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of cool nonverbal stuff you could do too while you're saying something. 
I am absolutely 100% on nonverbals because I've had jokes completely change just from a hand gesture, like just swinging it from the front of me off to the side and all of a sudden people are laughing. I think that hand movements too make you look more comfortable. Like you yeah. get a comedian up there and they're clutching the mic and clutching the cord or a tight hand in the pocket or something and the audience feels that, you know, like that nonverbal. But once you've got your hands out there flailing around, you look human. And it's easier to laugh in a comfortable environment than an yes. awkward one so that's really what your goal is to strive for as an audience and that's the word like i would rather watch a confidently bad comedian than uh just i don't know stuttering as i'm stuttering or stuttering bumbling like have nervous of, have you heard of a relief laugh yeah that's kind and of on the flip side when you make the audience feel extremely uncomfortable mm. but then the punchline relieves them mm. and that triggers laughter because like uh, Sarah Silverman has a great joke where she does this where she basically the whole premise she's painting a scene as if her sister's about to be like sexually assaulted but really what was pulling her pants down is like she was taking a major shit <laughs> That's a horrible. <laughs> so like, no, I'm not like, a big Sarah Silverman fan, but right. but like obviously, <laughs> but it's a joke I can't replicate because it's done so well, right? Right. So like, sounds like a stretch. There's it's definitely a psychological, like right. you know, psychologically manipulating so, people when into you, when you set somebody up. That was like a long setup. That was like a two minute setup. Mm -hmm. But the setup was done so perfectly, and it was so long, and somebody there, the, she got the audience so in there, and they were so tense, tense. Mm -hmm. And then when she drops that punchline, everyone just the building. Of Rubs. And you're like, there's something look to that. This. There's something to that. So I like, took a note. I'm like, there's the relief laugh. I should look into that. Maybe do that one time. I don't think that's a risk any of us can take. <laughs> I, I, I literally just said, well if try. I don't get laughed in like 20 seconds, I Right. Not. I can picture Jim up there with uh, two minutes of no laughs. He's sweating uh, profusely. No, I, he turns into the Washington team. I mean, I write the kind of jokes silence. I do for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't. And that's why I don't really like telling stories. It's, it's, uh, yeah. It's but another thing on the relief laugh wouldn't that be kind of the same thing as when you tell a really awful joke and then you point out oh yeah that one didn't work and then everyone laughs at you pointing out that you suck and I think that kind of is like the confidence where you're like you can knowing like hey that think, joke didn't work but I know I got more I think the right. reason why people laugh that is less relief it's more of uh, understandability like yeah. they, they relate to you more now yep right it's you, a touchy you're, human you're acknowledging the elephant in the room mm -hmm. like yep. you know that jokes didn't land or it sucked or whatever so when you address it and you know that it sucked people know that you know that it sucked and that you're thinking the same thing they are and they make that connection because mm -hmm. it always it, like it just amazes me that you can tell the worst joke and as long as you're like oh don't yeah that one was bad everyone just laughs at that and it's like <laughs> could you make a five minute set on just pointing out that you suck i, I, I mean rodney dangerfield to... exists so <laughs> hey, don't talk about it. rodney that way <laughs> i love rodney i love him too and his jokes are fantastic uh I, but i do i think there's a point where people will stop giving you that leeway. Yeah. Right. Uh, you can only get so many passes for right. so if you, long. If you did five straight minutes of jokes that were really not great, uh, and then we're just like, yeah, I know that wasn't good, then eventually people are like, well, then why'd you, why you keep doing this? <laughs> yeah. And then, when are we going to get to the good one? Yeah, like, you, yeah, like, so, I like you know it's bad, so you must know what a good one is, so please tell me that now. <laughs> the way I've always looked at it, too, is like um, any comedy book I've ever read about writing or preparing, mm -hmm. um, they've always said rule of three. 
Yeah. Like, if you have a joke that you're going to repeat or use it as a callback, it's like boom, 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 three. Three is a good number. Th- yep. Two or three. Three is just if basic you, if human psychology. If you start reiterating it way too much, it starts feeling like grandpa repeating a story. Yeah. You know? Like, it's, they get over it. They get sure. bored. They want something new. Do you guys ever do callbacks? Try to. Sometimes by tiny. I don't think so. Like... Mm-hmm. To me, that's like the gold of comedy. Like, that's the best thing you can. Yeah, it's such because it has to be just right. And it's always unexpected. I think we're we're, I've seen a lot of callbacks in our open mics from all of us when we start referencing like something in the audience, like with Roberto the other day. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know if how much that is a callback, more of just is like commenting on the guys on in the room. Right. Right. But like, it's kind of like the same topic and you're kind of addressing it again and again. Yeah. But everyone's addressing it at their own angle yep yep and the audience i think sometimes you guys do that in a way that the audience can't relate to it because they don't know who you're talking about what's going on like you i don't know if we should talk about this but you told a great you know quick joke when caleb didn't show up one night (laughs) and (laughs) i had no idea what was going on it it didn't go over well (laughs) if i'm ever doing bad i'm always happy jeremy's there (laughs) because jeremy you've heard my you've heard some of those jokes like way too many times and you still laugh like it's the first time you heard it yeah. <laughs> and, it, well, and it always makes me feel better because well, i always find like you're my lighthouse <laughs> <laughs> i can always it's find a home nice. with jeremy but like well because i find jokes like i if with this if it's a good joke i want laughter to be heard and like i truly do find it funny when i am laughing because it's like I'm thinking of all the bits and pieces that go into that joke, mm-hmm. like why it's funny, why the details, and that, that's one of the tough parts about um, open mics versus an actual show, is yeah. that you can get a lot of respect within the comedians because they know the effort, the wit, what the catch was there, and that can, that can be missed by your average listener. And you're well, seeing that's, each other week after week. Yeah, too. So that's you, part of the reason we talked about doing this podcast and talking about the different ins and outs of comedy and stuff is that most people, like, I've always been obsessed with comedy. I've always studied it and knew all about it, but then I, when he got into it, I we started to realize people don't have a clue what happens, right? So they right. hear, oh yeah, it's an open mic with a four minute set, and they're like, four minutes? Anyone can do four minutes, and yeah. you know they didn't realize how long that is. Exactly, they, they didn't, didn't understand. Have four minutes, they actually have to be laughing the whole time. Exactly. Too, you know? So it's like some people go up there and they're trying out new ideas or they're trying to think of an idea they like just wrote this week or something. Yeah, it's you, way more of a craft than it gets credit for. And I think like the atmosphere at, at Skyline in Appleton, Wisconsin is, um, is very good. And <laughs> You're right there? <laughs> yeah, <got> it. Yeah. <laughs> it almost is. A spate, almost a spit tear. I've, I've, See, that was a lot of that was a lot of non-verbal <laughs> right there. It's a prime example. It was almost verbal if we would have gotten the full spit take. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no way. You guys just keep plugging in the location. <laughs> to your point, Jeremy, oh. I've said several times on the podcast that um, the acclamation to the community within Skyline was immediate it was so clear like oh these people actually want people to be here doing this yeah yeah Um, no i'd say we've got we definitely got a good thing going we've got a nice little scene um it wasn't necessarily always that way. I'm I'm happy to see that's a lot more friendly now. I mean, I'm, not that I'm a bundle of friendliness, but uh, you know, I, I'd I, like to think that we're pretty welcoming. That's one of the things I love about you, though. Like if, if someone's like pissing all of us off, and they come up to Jim, Jim's like, "Fucking nah." Yeah. 
He's like, why don't you go home and write something funnier? Nobody can say that I'm not an honest person. Yeah, which is great. Well, that's like I was saying. When you when you host these open mics, you do these you know thing these quips between each one, and you have it's just no holds bar, and it ends up being the funniest shit because you're just like I'm gonna say whatever about anybody. Well, like whenever we're like what I appreciate about a lot of the guys when we go to open mics week in and week out, it's like I want you to be honest with me. Mm-hmm. And that's how a bunch of us have gotten better. Like, if you lie to someone and say, oh, you did great tonight when they were fucking horse shit. Yeah. Like, are you oh, helping nothing them? Like So on our last more. show, yeah. Bogella said that. He's like, you know, it just builds confidence. I just tell him, uh, good job, even if it's not true. I No, I would never say that to somebody. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, you need to know. If something went badly, you should know. Right. Because then you're never going to get better. First of all, how are you not self-aware like that's the thing you with me is like, know a little bit. like I'm literally listening at the audience when I do a joke. So like if I do a joke and it gets a very negative thing, I address the negativity in the room right away, and I realize that like that's something. Like I go back home and I write notes like why didn't this work? Like yeah, I mean I'm not, not saying you gotta like walk up to somebody that had a bad set and be like yo that set sucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, not gonna help someone like, get better. That's like, just gonna hurt their feelings. Sometimes we'll do with that. But if they like, ask you, with each other, oh you know? yeah, like yeah. well, if, yeah. If if somebody I'm friends with bombed, I am going to tell them. <laughs> yes, and I am like, gonna yeah. offer no constructive criticism. <laughs> <laughs> we just look at each other, and then, like usually it's like, damn, that fucking you had better. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, well, that's usually when I'm like, hey man, great set. <laughs> you had them in the palm of your hand. But there is nothing that annoys me more than when I know I bombed. It's happened to me a few times, and I somebody like, hey man, I like your stuff tonight I was like no you didn't nobody did <laughs> I, know, I know I know it wasn't good well, I don't know you said that to somebody. Yeah. I don't know because there's been comedians that get up there and they act like they're bombing and I'm dying and I think mm-hmm. it's great so sometimes I don't think that when you're up there you have and Jim this has happened with you where you actually seem flustered and you'll say like yeah all right that didn't work and I'm like I laughed what yeah. what the hell <laughs> well this all comes back to that I hate myself oh. <laughs> that's fair well I think a lot I'm of it okay. was open mics are tricky right because it depends on the audience and like when you have so few people like somebody might find that joke absolutely you might have melted their mind or something Mm -hmm. like they relate to it so much but if you like if you use a comic only hear one person laughing you're like i don't maybe that wasn't that right great yeah so i mean that's happened with us where i die and he looks at me like really and that was another rule of three right (laughs) so like another rule of three i was reading like when i was looking like when i was first starting um, and reading up on comedy, uh, Sean Patrick Moore recommended a book to me by Judy Carter. Um, it's comedy Bible. And like one, one thing they mentioned in there is that like, it's the rule that you got to try it like at three different spots or like three oh, different oh, okay. Like you have to get like data on that joke, like do right. it the same way this many times. If you're so like, if I had a joke where I did it in a full pack crowd and it destroyed but then you do that joke at like a bar and it's complete nonsense, like silence. Mm-hmm. Like, so like I do like my Jeffrey Dahmer bit at our open mic. I'm at always a fan. We love Bassett Dahmer bits. And 
that bit usually does great in normal comedy crowds. But when you go to the bar and not a lot of people are paying attention, you might get like a laugh here and there. Mm -hmm. But then also the audience members are people that have heard me do that before. So there's a combination of that and the small crowds. Like you did, right. I do that just to test it. And then you, you go back and you're thinking, well, this happened, this happened. And then I go do that in a full crowd again, laughter again. So it's like you got to know the situation you're in and the atmosphere you're in. Right. Yeah, for sure. Some jokes just don't won't do well in certain crowds. Um, and I, and I think that's kind of like where you're like, you, you could, I, I do a bit that maybe d isn't going well with the whole room. Maybe it's getting a few people, but like my goal isn't to make a few people laugh. I want to make everyone laugh. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying I want to like only I, preach to middle America necessarily or whatever, but like at a certain point, like if it's, if I'm like, that only means that like, maybe it wasn't good enough joke to get everybody like that person that laughed maybe gets what I'm trying to do, but I need to make it more accessible. Right. A lot of that comes with like making the, what going back to what we were talking about before about making the audience feel comfortable. So like if you're making them feel like you're having a conversation with them mm -hmm. personally and you're making them part of it, or like you, you're breaching that barrier. But that's a fine line because that yeah. opens it up to hecklers or drunk people who sure. want to be a part of the show. Right. Can. Yeah. yeah, but it's actually more important, I feel, as a whole, to get to get that rapport with the audience because, like, I've and I, I've makes me feel good. Like people have said you're likable, and I'm like, well, that's good. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> but like. When they're when you feel likable versus somebody who's like maybe starting out and they're doing jokes and the jokes are funny but they don't have that stage presence they don't have yeah. that they haven't developed it yet because they're still working on it but you it's the pleasure is watching some some people grow into that and when they develop that rapport they're now comfortable to laugh mm -hmm. you're giving you're presenting them an environment to laugh in yep um, if you're just some people have like monotone or like they're you can hear the nervousness in their voice it's on normal yeah. monotone sure. some monotone is good but yeah. you have to know it's that like i think mitch hedberg well, right like well, some, that's their bit yeah some some people do it as like a persona which is fantastic yeah. sure like and people get so many laughs from monotone and it's great yeah um it could, but they're confident when they're doing it. Like, mm -hmm. they're, you can't hear any nerves in their voice. It's just how they are. Yeah, then there's the people who just get up there nervous, sound it's like they're reading a script. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Yep. I Definitely. feel like if you're going to go monotone, it just has to hit so much more smoothly than it might have to otherwise. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go that, that route, I feel like your, your jokes have got to be that much better because you don't have charisma to lean on anymore. Mm -hmm. I've found that, like, a lot of monotone comics are extremely, like... Their jokes are smarter. Like oh yeah! Logic. In jokes. fact, we like yeah. he likes the loud, verbose comedians in general more. Like yeah. you like mm -hmm. Bill, Bill, or, Burr? Bill Burr. Bill Burr, and I. Burr. Oh, I hate Bill. I, hate <laughs> I love Bill Burr. Burr. Men like Bill Burr. <laughs> Women are annoyed. He sounds like every other angry man out there. <laughs> um, but so he likes all of those loud, you know, comedians. And then I tend to like Jerry Seinfeld and Dimitri Martin and Mitch Hedberg. And I like sure. those. You know, so then I still like them too. But then you do, mm -hmm. but right. you don't watch them as pathetically as I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I when love Mitch, he's amazing. Yeah. But then I find I like those more intelligent, creative jokes. You know, Ravenclaw, I guess. Um, <laughs> and so when you're talking about, you know, you get just three people in the audience laughing. I'm probably one of those three. And then people throw it out, and then they do a dick joke, and everyone's laughing. And I'm like, really? Oh man, <laughs> here we go again. Yeah, the nerd part of my life. I don't joke about much because it's hard to get the right audience for some of my references. 
All right. Well, on that note, now that we've broken another <laughs> mic stand, I just broke another mic stand, but we we are well over it. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. So real quick, uh, Jeremy, if you want to take a minute and kind of talk about what you got going on, any podcast or anything you want to plug, remember to say where it's going to be if it's a place. Yeah, absolutely. I actually got recently I got a hosting gig for Skyline, so I'm gonna be hosting on March 1st. in Appleton, Wisconsin. Oh yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> That'll be fun. Appleton, like the fruit and. Yeah, and and tons. Jeremy's I'm wait. Wait, can I say that? See, I feel mean when I do it. I'm gonna be at Misfits Bar in Appleton, Wisconsin, as well, <laughs> uh, on the 26th of February. So I got a show over nice. there, and I got a show this Thursday in Appleton. Awesome. Very cool. Where can people find you if they want to find you? Um, Online, social media. Whatever. They can. Uh, Facebook. My name's Jeremy Reedy. Don't be creepy about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Slide into his DMs. We haven't heard of any such thing, so I think we're good. Yeah, good. You haven't heard of um, anyone being creepy? Yeah. No, we were keeping those messages like, private, Jeremy. Uh, well, yeah, well, me and Jim are always at Skyline in Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, at open mics on Wednesdays, you can find us there and chat with us. They're friendly. Yeah. Well, Jeremy is. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jim? I can be. Um, yeah, you can feel right. Uh, I, uh, you can follow me at Jim Dingleberry, all one word. Uh, Seriously? On, yes. Uh, <laughs> a corner of the market on that one for uh, both on at Jim Dingleberry on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Jim Barry Comedy on Facebook. Um, Jim Barry on YouTube. And uh, I, I uh, got a lot of gigs coming up. Uh, when does this come out? I don't know. Next day or two. Okay. Then you, this <laughs> weekend you can catch me in Harvard, Illinois on Friday or at the Appleton Beer Factory on Saturday nice. opening for Stephen Gillespie. So that'll be pretty oh, fun. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yeah. All right. And you can find us at Comedy Connects on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. I'm Jenny Soldner. I'm Mike Shampo. Thanks yeah. so much. Jamie Reedy. <laughs> <laughs>